You are live with The App Show. Mike Agarbo here. I'm uh, actually in New York City for the AWS AI Summit. AWS, uh, Amazon Web Services, uh, they are one of the biggest uh, cloud providers in the world. Uh, not just uh, cloud services, but uh, very heavy into artificial intelligence as well. Uh, creating tools that uh, developers and, and companies can use to really inno innovate uh, the next generation of uh, products uh, and uh, services. And uh, we do have a great program uh, for you today. We are going to be uh, looking at some of the uh, the applications of this uh, AI. We'll be speaking with a company called Blast Motion, where they've integrated uh, sensor technology into golf clubs and, and baseball bats, where they can actually analyze uh, your swing and uh, give you real-time information on how to be better. This is the, you know, the same type of technologies that the pros use, but uh, you know, they're able to get down uh, the price so that just uh, you know, the average Joe can use it uh, as well. We'll also be talking about the, uh, the future of retailing and uh, where that is all going. I know a lot of us don't like the self-checkouts uh, that are popping up all over, especially in grocery stores. Well, uh, Amazon Web Services uh, is developing technology that's going to make it even easier. You can basically just use your uh, palm uh, or tap in a credit card when you walk into some of these new stores, grab all your stuff and just go. It just automatically debits or credits your card. You don't have to go through a checkout. So we'll uh, explore what uh, uh, tech is uh, happening there and where it's all going. And finally, at the end uh, of the program, I'm going to be telling you about some other AI tools you may never have heard of. Uh, I know a lot of us have heard of ChatGPT, uh, but uh, I'm going to talk to you about some tools that can help you design business logos and even be your lawyer uh, as well. Uh, let's uh, get started here just kind of uh, with an overview of some of the things uh, that, uh, you know, I've been learning here at uh, this uh, this conference. I've got a good friend with, uh, on the line with me. His name is uh, Jerry Zeidenberg. And uh, he is a, a journalist when it comes to health tech. Thanks for joining us, uh, Jerry. Thank you. Nice to be here. Uh, no question that AI is, uh, you know, infiltrating uh, healthcare. On uh, yesterday's Get Connected program, uh, you know, we talked about uh, something called HealthScribe, where doctors uh, can basically, uh, you know, record uh, the conversation with their patients and uh, have AI just kind of uh, transcribe all of that for them, literally freeing them freeing up an immense amount of time. There's also all sorts of uh, generative AI tools like Hippocratic.ai that um, uh, can actually, um, you know, give recommendations when it comes to diet plans and, you know, follow up with patients on, uh, you know, the pills that they're they're taking. Um, and, you know, Jerry, I know a lot of people are using tools like ChatGPT, uh, you know, to enter in uh, symptoms and, and things like that to get medical advice. But, you know, kind of, you know, what, where are we with uh, AI and healthcare? What are some of the things that we need to be concerned about? Yeah, it's really uh, taking the world by storm, uh, as we saw when the latest uh, form of chat GPT was released on the internet. There was just a, uh, a huge swell of people that responded to it. And what we're finding is it's incredibly powerful. Uh, in my own area, we've, we've seen that it can pass medical exams. Uh, it can it can pass the radiological exams. It can become a specialist. So uh, uh, it's enormously powerful. But what we're finding is that it still makes mistakes. It's not perfect, and uh, they're calling these mistakes uh, in some cases hallucinations. So 
the systems, the uh, gen AI systems can hallucinate. And what's um, interesting about them is uh, they almost seem to have an ego. They, they don't like to admit that they're wrong. <laughs> but that's scary, though, Jerry. It, it's a little bit scary, and uh, uh, when when they uh, not not only are they they wrong some of the time, uh, this this will improve in the future, I'm sure. But we have to be a little bit concerned about how people are going to use the system. So, for uh, example, we we know that uh, the systems can be used to. Uh, uh, to understand the conversation between the doctor and the patient and transcribe it all and create a summary, but and and that's very useful in the exam room. But what if um the system is used outside the exam room and it listens to you in the waiting room while you're waiting for your appointment? Or uh what if these systems are used for monitoring people in Restaurants or open spaces, and creating whole databases of uh, of conversations. We we just don't know what what it could be used for, uh, and it gets down to things like uh, the wrong. It gets into the wrong hands, or even uh, if the information is is used by police force, it so it, it could uh, re- reinforce authoritarian uh, regimes. So we have to be a little bit concerned about things. Definitely is something that we've talked about uh, on the program uh, many times. But, you know, is AI going to replace doctors anytime soon? You know, will I be able to just, uh, you know, phone up my my AI doctor and, and tell it my symptoms and uh, it will tell me what's wrong with me? I, I don't think it'll ever replace doctors. Uh, for one thing, um, it, it seems like, these these systems will never be perfect and never as good as a human. And also, I don't think people are going to trust a machine as much as as a doctor, as a human. So there's the the two aspects. Talking with Jerry Zeidenberg, a healthcare technologist. Uh, he is uh, a journalist uh, out of uh, Ontario. We uh, are covering the Amazon Web Services uh, AI Summit and. Uh, just looking at all, uh, you know, different types of AI technology, obviously healthcare uh, is a, a big area that they're really trying to infuse this uh, technology for for good, obviously, but, uh, you know, definitely some, uh, you know, things that we, we need to, uh, to look out for. What was the most exciting um, kind of use of AI tech that, you know, you came across? I think the, um, the ambient, and, and its uh, listening system was was fascinating. Uh, what Amazon is rolling out with 3M in the doctor's office, where it can automatically listen to the conversation and transcribe it uh, because it understands what's being said. Uh, I also think Hippocratic AI is on to something with what they're doing. Uh, they recognize that there's not enough nurses following up on patients after they leave the hospital. And even simple things like, is the patient taking his or her medication? And this happens time after time. The patient takes home the medication, tries it at home, and gets a weird side effect and stops taking it. And there's no follow-up. But uh, what Hippocratic AI is doing, it's creating a computerized nurse where the nurse can just call on the phone and say to the patient, is everything okay? 
hey, are you taking your medication? No. What happened? Oh, well, we'll get you another one. And the system can automatically call the doctor, get a different prescription for the patient and have it sent over. So this sounds like a terrific application also, all powered by uh, generative. Well, Jerry, I want to thank you for uh, joining us on the program and we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Okay. It's been a real pleasure. When we come back from the break, uh, we're going to look at some more cool AI technology. Do you want to improve your golf swing? Well, there's an app and AI for that. Stay tuned. Back after this. You're back with the program. Mike Agarbo here at AWS Summit in New York City. Pretty excited learning about all the latest in AI technology. Going to talk uh, sports and sports training uh, when it comes to AI. We've got a cool guest. Uh, His name is Basker Bose with Blast Motion. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. So I I was interested in what you guys do. Like, do you have some uh, cool tech that uh, helps people with uh, their, their baseball swings and also golf as well? Yeah, so we have uh, sensors that go on sports equipment, uh, primarily baseball, softball, and golf. Um, and so uh, it's a very inexpensive sensor, but it's you know it captures basically the 3D motion of your swing. And then we push that data to a mobile app, and then everything gets pushed up to the cloud. So this isn't just for professional players. No, it's not. Like we, um, you know, we validate at the at the top of the pyramid, and so uh, we've done a lot of work with the the professional baseball teams. But it's the same sensor that's used by the pros as well as little Johnny on the field. And the beautiful part about that is the data is compatible. And so uh, when when little Johnny becomes a high school player and he wants to be recruited by a college team, that data is compatible. And the same story for when Johnny becomes a college player, gets recruited by, you know, the minor league team. So all that data is compatible up and down the stack, and it's the same sensor. Well, that's what I find interesting. You don't have to have the the, the big uh, major league baseball money to use this, <laughs> this sensor. No, I mean, that's, uh, you know, um, from a technology perspective, we view this as an equalizer. So um, a lot of high school teams that are you know, very well-funded that have hitting coaches and they have a big baseball program. Um, a team that's, you know, not funded the same can still have the access to the exact same technology. And so it basically levels the playing field across the board. So like talking from a baseball perspective then, uh, like where, where does the sensor go? How does it work? Yeah, so the, the sensor goes in the, the butt of the baseball bat, like at the knob. Um, and so we have two technologies. So we work with a lot of bat OEMs where they create um, basically a blast-enabled bat, um, and that has a cavity for where the sensor goes in. And then we also have an attachment that basically allows you to attach the sensor to any bat. And what kind of price range are we looking for these things? The sensor is one forty nine ninety five. It's available on Amazon. Okay. And then we also have, you know, team packages that we sell to the, the colleges and the high school and the travel ball teams. And uh, so what, what does it do with the information then? Uh, does it go to a, like a mobile app or a computer? So, um, you know, we're capturing basically the three-dimensional movement of the swing. Um, unlike some other technologies that look at the ball and just tell you about what the ball flight is doing, um, we're actually tracking your swing. So everything, what we call is the pre-impact metrics. Um, and so the sensor is very smart. It's looking for either a baseball swing or a golf putt, putting stroke. 
um, it's able to kind of discern what the activity is. And based on that, um, when you hit a ball, it'll basically curate that, and then that's sent to the mobile app. And on the mobile app, we have algorithms that take that data and then provide you with instant feedback. Like we tell you what your swing speed is, but we also tell you how well you're accelerating. We tell you whether you're on plane. Um, so we give you a lot of like immediate feedback. And then all that data is pushed up to our cloud. Um, it's all built on AWS. And um, you know, on the cloud, we're running advanced insight algorithms that give you feedback on you know, how you're doing over time looking at how your swings compare to um, other players at your level of play. So we do a lot, you know, a lot of like heavy lifting on the cloud and then provide that feedback down through the mobile app back to the player. So golf, I suck like horribly at golf. Yeah. Can you fix that? Yeah, but we all suck at golf, right? Yeah. There's only a no, small like, percentage, right? Okay, but yeah. I suck the like really bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, so definitely if you spend... 60 days with our product, you will be a better golfer, like guaranteed. So, you know, we focus on putting um, and we give you a lot of like, uh, like analytics on your putting stroke. Um, and then, you know, our product, you know, next we recommend you go into short game. Um, and then finally, ultimately, you're going to go to the driver. So we, we sort of focus on your journey going from the most strokes that you can gain. So it's putting, short game, and then going up to the driver. So you cover all of the... Yeah, the, the, the full range. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, what? what's incredible is that um, a lot of the training aids um, will focus on the ball and the ball flight and how well you're hitting the ball, but we're focusing on your actual swing. So we're the ones that can actually improve your swing. So to, we, to me, that sounds the most important part, like how you're actually swinging. Yeah. 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 And uh, what's amazing is that uh, a lot of your swing flaws are basically created in the first six inches of your backstroke. And so we analyze your backstroke. We make sure that the takeaway is done correctly and we provide you feedback on that. Uh, how do you get all that information into your model? Like to tell me that I suck and this is what I should well, do to suck less. Yeah, I mean, it's all about positive feedback. Yes. Right? And we want to make sure that we're putting you on a journey for improvement, right? And so because the data is so good um, that, you know, we can tell you, like, by just tracking the, the golf club, how you're doing from a biomechanics perspective, like how you're, you're, you're swinging and then identify swing flaws. And then based on that, we can give you a set of recommendations of, like, training drills, um, and so put you on a journey for improvement. And the instant feedback is amazing. Like, you know, for putting, you can just set up on your living room. You can have your iPhone or your iPad, you know, just set it down on the carpet and just start working on your timing. If you work on your timing, you know, there's a ideal ratio, a two to one ratio between your backstroke and your forward stroke. And if you just work on that and dial it in, you're going to be a better putter. Guaranteed. Obviously, you've tried this. Like, how is your golf game now? It's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so a couple of things, right? The fact that, um, you know, the, the technology gives you instant feedback. So now, uh, when I practice, I practice with purpose. So when I go to the driving range, it's not like I'm just hitting 100 buckets of balls, right? I, um, or 100 balls, right? Um, so I go to the driving range. I'll take my seven iron and I'll work on my speed control, right? 
So I'll swing my seven iron and try to hit 40 miles per hour. And then I'll work, you know, 60 mile per hour and then 75 miles per hour. So I will start working on my speed control. So you can actually feel that then because yeah. you're getting that feedback. I'm getting that feedback. So, so I'm learning, I'm teaching myself, I'm giving myself muscle memory on how to achieve swing speed. Right, because how, how far the ball goes. Right. Yeah. Because I know now that if I swing at 60 miles per hour, my ball is going to go 75 years, right, with my seven oh, iron, yeah, right? Yeah. So that's the key. And a lot of the professional players, they have this dialed in in their head. They, like, yeah. they know. Like, if you talk to a pro and said, give me a swing at 60 miles per hour, they can do it all day long. Yeah. But if you go to, like, a rec golfer or even an avid golfer and you ask them, They'll say, I don't know what my swing speed is. Yeah. Right? I'm just happy to hit the ball. Like, I understand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, um, I think that's that's the first part of the journey, right? Yeah. For improvement. <laughs> Baby steps, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, but you can get, once you understand um, how to control speed, then you're basically controlling distance. Yeah. Which is what, you know, which you're really speed. trying to, yeah. yeah. And then you also have the confet the confidence factor because you you know your swing is repeatable. So there's a lot of things there that you can do with the technology. Um, you know, putting, even full swing. We do timing with full swing. We do um, speed. Um, if you look at our putting product, we're also, you know, looking at face angle. Uh, you can dial in your, you know, how your, your backstroke rotation versus your forward stroke rotation. So there's a lot of things you can do there. We're talking with uh, Baskar Bose from Blast Motion, all about some really cool uh, tech to help improve not only your baseball and softball swings, but also golf as well. I'm actually pretty fascinated by that. Uh, where can people find out more information? So you can go to our website. It's blastmotion.com. I want to thank you so much uh, for joining the program. Really uh, great technology. Yeah, thank you, Mike. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. We're going to talk retail technology now. I've spoken in the past about some of the cool experiences I've had with Amazon Go stores down in Seattle, where you can basically, with your Amazon account, you can walk into a grocery store, grab all your stuff, and just walk out. You don't have to go through a checkout. It just knows all the different chocolate bars and sandwiches that you've taken and just uh, puts that on your Amazon account. We've got a really cool uh, guest with us today. His name's Justin Hahnemann. And he is with the Retail and Consumer Group over at Amazon Web Services. Thanks for coming on the program. It's so great to be here. And hey, I think you knocked it out of the park on the intro. Thank By you. the way, it was really yeah. good. I know. I'm blown away too. It just gets better <laughs> and better. It's so, great to be here. So uh, I, I loved it. I, I tried to test it when I was in the store. I've been there a few times and I'm like trying to hide chocolate bars in uh, in my coat, in my pockets. And yeah. it, it I can't fool it. it yeah. not, not even once. And I'm just blown away that it knows how to do that. But you guys are expanding beyond just your own stores and, and bringing this type of technology to other retailers. That's right. Um, for those that may not be familiar with the Amazon Go stores or the Amazon Fresh stores, um, there's a type of technology in those stores called Just Walk Out from my, hey, Amazon. And the way it works is you open your, and I'm looking at my phone here as if you all can see it. By the way, I know you can't, but um, when you open your Amazon app and you select this a link at the top, it says in-store code. And so when you click that, you'll see there's a QR code that shows up. And all you do is scan that when you walk up to the gate. And what's happening is the store and the technology is recognizing you as you enter. 
And then we use computer vision and sensor technology to map a, basically you're building a virtual shopping cart in the store. So while you're picking up items and putting in them in your jacket or putting things back on another shelf, we're using basically um, the technology and artificial intelligence and machine learning in the store to be able to map out that basket. And then when you walk out, it's just charging your account, right? Your Amazon account. And so it's powerful. Um, and yes, other retailers now are looking at that capability and actually have engaged with us on that capability for um, improving their in-store experience. And all of this ties back to a fundamental use case, which is how do you make the checkout experience easier or more efficient, right? Well, I, I want to talk about that because a lot of people are upset now with all these self-checkouts. You know, when you go to the grocery store, I hate them, to be honest, because <laughs> then I got to scan them all and I'm not scanning them properly. And it, for me, it just kind of seems to take forever. So I know there's a lot of friction with some people uh, with that type of technology. Like, why do you think this is different? Sure. Well, because it's so simple. I mean, and then I love to scan anything. You don't have to scan anything. What I, I think that's what's fascinating about it. And the fact that, um, and I've taken any group in, like I, I oftentimes we're in, in New York as we're recording this and I'll take groups of customers to an Amazon Go store here and I will scan my code and five of us will walk in and five of us will walk all over the store and pick up items and put them in our jackets and purses and walk out. Oh, so, all it's, so, items. so it's identified all five. Exactly, with my account as you walk in. And so you can take a group in, you can pick up items and walk out, and then all of, now I, and then I'm charged We're for all shopping. of their- You and I are going shopping later. I like <laughs> I like your style. You're a roller. Yeah, and that's powerful, right? Um, and so there is no um, delay at the checkout or whatnot. It, it's, it's all using, again, the computer vision and sensor technology that allows us to build the virtual cart. Okay, so there's a, there's a bit of friction in that I, I have to have an Amazon account for that. In, technology. That, in that store, yes. But for other retail stores, no. You can just use your credit card to enter in some stores. You don't have to even okay. scan an Amazon app. Yeah. For, so so you tapped your card? Um, it's, I believe it's scanned. That's something scan, I, I'm okay. not the expert on the, sure. that part of it, but you're validating with a card as you enter, and that okay. card becomes your payment mechanism Got for it. your basket. Yeah. And so I know that you're using this type of technology, trying it out in Whole Foods as well? Yeah. So Whole Foods and Amazon Fresh are... Areas where you'll see, for example, our new dash carts, yep. as well as just walk out um, technology, as well as Amazon One, which is the palm recognition and payment um, uh, technology that we have. And we talked about that before we hit record today. And so each of these are um, what we'd call physical store technology. And so they're all elements of how do we make the in-store experience better for the shopper and then also for that retailer? How do you get insights to the retailer faster? Imagine when you walk out of that just that the Amazon Go store, Amazon Fresh store, immediately I have the insights on what was sold and what was bought together. Like that kind of data for a retailer is powerful. And the fact that you get that in, in a very short period of time, those insights, you can adjust what's going, what's products in the store, right? It's powerful. So uh, just quickly, uh, the Amazon um, Palm technology, mm -hmm. I think Amazon One is, is it called? So that's another, one. that's another way where you just can go and scan your Palm and attach a credit card like Exactly right. The registration takes literally less than 60 seconds. In fact, we had it at the largest retail event this year um, at National Retail Federation. And um, we were showing you know, customers how they could register their palm. Basically, you, you scan your palm, put your credit card in, and you immediately have an account. And wherever there's an Amazon One unit, you can then use that as a palm mechanism for validation and payment. So once I scan my palm in, um, do I have to rescan it every time I come in? Well, that's how you're recognized. Okay. 
So once I've done it once, the in-store. Yeah. So once it, I've done it once, I'm in the system. Is that exactly correct? right? Okay. And the system being the Amazon One system. Yeah. Not the retailer system. Okay. So, so if you go to the retailers, I'm in the Amazon One system, and I don't have to keep scanning. Exactly. Account. You don't have to cre- keep creating multiple accounts. How does it work though? So I've I've tried tried it with the walkout technology with chocolate bars and sandwiches and things like that. But what like a grocery store that's got vegetables and fruit? Like yeah. does that get more complicated? So I'd invite you to go take a look at an Amazon Fresh store at some point because you'll find all of those say the camera technology for computer vision, the sensor technology on shelves, as well as Alexa in store. So hey Alexa, where is you know the Jif light peanut butter? It tells you the the aisle and the shelf number and the slot. Um, so you have true physical store tech in store. Now, when you get to things like vegetables and fruits, for example, with the dash cart, there's a mechanism for weighing those products and also a camera for scanning those tech, that, those products in store. Um, for uh, In terms of the um, actual checkout process or around if there's no dash cart and you're picking up those items, those typically do have to be measured um, at the checkout of those stores. So the retailers you're working with and I guess Amazon's own experience, like do you get a sense of, you know, do people save time? Well, I my gut tells me yes, I'm saving time, but like, do you know how much time they're saving by going through this? Yeah, so I don't have the numbers in terms of like the impact of of those I'd say those solutions, I'll say, in retail stores. Um, I can tell you though, based on the interest level from retailers are looking at a store kit as part of their store or as a new retrofit or a new build out. And there's significant interest in looking at how to make the experience better in store. What's the most appealing thing to them from your experience? Yeah, like it's faster or it's more accurate. So uh, more I, data. So a couple things. Uh, first, it's if you put the customer first in terms of the experience of the customer, you're creating a, a potentially better experience in store, right? So you're taking out friction. The second would be I. I we're getting more and more push on this is the interest in the data and the insights and like category planning for stores and being able to put a shelf set in stores that's not the same across all stores. And so that's powerful. And, and you, because of the insights you have on what's selling in store nearly immediately versus having to wait for a report, drop it into Excel, buy syndicated data on your stores, like you have that access nearly instantly to be able to know what's working, what's not, what what could be bought together, what what could be bundled. That'll be the second thing. And then the third thing would be, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, a, it's, a retailer wants to be interesting to customers and also be leaning into tech, especially right now. We've seen more interest in technology in store and e-commerce and generative AI and, and all the things around that than in the last 12 to 18 months than we'd seen in the last couple of years. So we've seen a real in, uptick in interest in leveraging tech in different parts of the uh, commerce experience. What do you feel is um, the barrier to entry for for people? Like, I know some people are listening right now, and yeah. it sounds crazy and maybe over their head. Like, they they wouldn't know how to sign up for accounts and stuff to make this this work. Like, my dad, he's you know in his eighties. You know, he's he's not going to go and sign up for an Amazon account, right? You know I mean, yeah. I mean, I I think that what when you th- again thinking about the customer, if you think about the solutions and the capabilities we've built, they they're built for ease of learning, right? There, there's no instruction manual needed to be able to like learn. The, like the palm thing, I, fit, I yeah. people can wrap their head around that. Right, but it's not like there's no staff at the store. So yeah. some, a, an individual in the store can easily show someone that's very, that maybe do, is confused or maybe not understand the technology or maybe never seen it. Yeah. Like how to register, create an account, set up your payment, whatnot. Okay, so they're, they're yeah. not going in alone. 
Exactly. These stores, are, we're also freeing up the staff of the stores instead of to be um, always merchandising. They can be actually helping guests and also be thinking about what, what's what's needed in the store to meet guest needs. I mean, that's an interesting question as well. Um, you know, it's just going to take jobs away. That's not... Uh, we have not seen that at all. Um, that has not been the use case around this. It's been truly about creating a better experience in store. Um, if anything, I think it's we've seen it free up those employees to focus on other things that are more value added in the store, um, or to be keeping certain stock refreshed in store um, and manage the store itself, so that you have a better overall experience. What if I don't want to use the technology? To, <laughs> can I just use cash? Well. <laughs> In the, those stores, that is the, that, if you go to a ghost store, that is how you- It's because it's a demonstration store, yeah. It, well, and that's just how it's that's set up. It's not set up for cash, right? Yeah. And, it's, um, and that's another piece of it, right? And and um, as more and more payment mechanisms evolve in retail, I mean, you're seeing less and less cash in retail. Yeah. Right? Everyone, now, not everyone's tapping their cards now. They are. Yeah. The interesting thing, though, I'll just tell you, some markets, like, cash is king. Like, you get into some- um, Remember, we're a worldwide team, right? So while in New York City, most people can't think about cash, but you know, you get to some small countries and look at bodegas and um, grocers that have, and, and convenience stores that have locations in very rural areas, um, there isn't tap. No. There isn't credit card. It's cash. And so I think one thing we've been really careful about is we're meeting the needs of customers that you know want that better experience in store, but also we work with customers that need help around a better experience in store where there is cash. Like, I mean, that's that we're, we're thinking about that just as much as we are. But how do you help those stores if they just like cash? And and a lot of those stores are looking for better access to information or like their point of sale system might um, be needing the technology to connect to cloud, for example. Um, those types of stores, there's not a lot, typically a lot of infrastructure. So the, the ask for, of us is how do typically how do we pull together insights of what's selling in those stores, what should be in those stores, how do we use our technology to, to enable that versus putting a you know something like just walk out into some of those stores. Yeah, it's very different. Use no, that that makes sense. Instead of like Frank at the end of the day, hopefully counting how many Kit Kats are, are left, <laughs> right. uh, you would be able to think about. It. I mean, we it, it's so funny. You have to be so careful because it's so easy to get enamored by the technology. And then you go meet with, and then and this has happened. Like, you know, I'll sit down with a major grocer or a convenience store. I was in Latin America a couple of weeks ago, and you know, the the aha moment of reminding me that the aha moment of reminding me that there are stores in the middle of nowhere, some of which aren't really stores, or you wouldn't think are stores, right? And so, like, how do you meet the needs of a, a retailer that is? operating in that manner? How can you provide them the best capabilities, service, technology, and whatnot to make them successful and to innovate while meeting that like they don't want to lose those customers. At the same time as I've got, you know, a major national retailer in the US with a thousand stores that, you know, most of them are in, you know, malls and other locations where they got plenty of access to cloud technology and Wi Fi and ready to go with new tech in store. You know what I mean? There's it's just across the board. So Think about the and the actual use case for the customer, and then work back from that and say, "What's the solution we have?" At Amazon or at AWS could be both. Well, Justin, I really want to thank you for coming on the program today. We've been talking all about uh, Amazon Web Services uh, retail technology and just where that's all going in the future. Uh, after this, we're going to go shopping. 
I'm in. Uh, on your account? Right. Not <laughs> my just, Amazon account. Karen, you're making it rain. I'm gonna I stock, love We're going to be stocking up on Kit Kats. <laughs> I can't even wait. Thanks for uh, coming on the show. Thanks, man. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here. I've been spending a lot of time in New York City this week uh, learning more about AI technology and Amazon Web Services and some of their customers. Uh, I want to take this segment kind of on that AI theme and just look at some other AI tools that uh, you and I can use uh, to make our world a little bit uh, better, more productive. You know, we, we talk all the time about uh, tools like ChatGPT. I think uh, many people are, you know, kind of familiar with it, even if they haven't tried it yet. But I wanted to talk about some other, uh, you know, large language models and AI tools that are out there that uh, are not ChatGPT or, or MidJourney or Stable Diffusion. I'm going to start off with uh, one that I thought was pretty cool. I've just been trying a little bit, but uh, it's it's kind of neat. It's called designs.ai. That's the website. And uh, this is great for doing a bunch of different things. Uh, I think, you know, it's free to try, uh, but then they have, uh, you know, paid versions uh, as well. Uh, you can actually create uh, logos for your business. Uh, you know, you can adjust the text and color and the different icons, uh, you know, pretty cool. can also help you uh, write social media plans, uh, text uh, as well. Something that I thought was uh, pretty cool is it can actually help you generate uh, video as well. And it's going to give you an example. I came up with uh, a product called Mike Super Toaster. And just have a listen. Tired of burnt toast that takes forever to make? Welcome to Mike Super Toaster. Using technology from NASA and power by a small nuclear reactor, your toast will be ready in seconds. I'm going to stop it there because you probably don't want to hear about Mike's uh, super toaster. I don't think I'll ever get that to market. But uh, I basically just inputted a small script uh, into the uh, the designs.ai engine here. And I guess they've got, you know, literally, you know, hundreds of thousands of images and, and video clips and it created a, a small video so it started off it showed uh, a toaster that had burnt toast coming out of it uh you know when i talked about uh, you know being designed by nasa and scientists it showed a room full of of scientists uh, it went on and i said you know fits in with any uh, kitchen decor it actually had a little video clip of a, a kitchen as well and uh, the script came up on the screen. So kind of a, a neat little tool. Maybe you want to make some little social videos. It just can kind of do that automatically for you. So designs.ai. Uh, another one uh, that I thought was uh, kind of uh, neat was uh, something called voice type. And this was interesting because um, it, it works by uh, you inputting a, a little voice clip. So for example... Uh, you know, I could tell it, uh, you know, write me an email uh, telling my customer I need to double my rates. And I, I would just uh, say that uh, into my computer. And then it will write an entire email uh, basically to that effect, like a, a professional one. Uh, you know, I tried it with a few different things. It wasn't bad. I mean, it's not like 100%, but it would save you a lot of uh, time. And I, I love the fact that I could just talk to the computer, you know, through the microphone in the computer or laptop. And it that's all it needed, basically, to, to do it. Uh, another one that I came across, oh, sorry, that one was voicetype.io, if you're looking uh, for that uh, that website to find out uh, a little bit uh, more. Uh, this was kind of an interesting one, AI Lawyer. And uh, if you need any type of uh, legal advice, again, this isn't going to replace a lawyer, just to get that straight. Uh, it's AILawyer.pro. 
they have a few different uh, subscription models. It's like 10 bucks a week or 20 bucks a month or hundred bucks a year. I think this is US pricing, but it works uh, with pretty well every country, like Canada, US, Denmark. Uh, you know, they've obviously inputted uh, all the legal texts, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, cases uh, from all the different countries. And you can just, you know, go in just by text and ask it things like, what are my rights as a um, an employee in Toronto, you know, Ontario? And it will go through all the information it has about that and, you know, spit that uh, up back at you. I, I think this is amazing because, you know, I've, I've looked for legal advice before, uh, you know, for my business and, and for myself. And, you know, searching through the internet, not always a, an easy thing to do. So, uh, you know, this is a fantastic uh, tool and again, pretty cheap, you know, 10 bucks a week if you just want to try it out. And, uh, it, you know, it saves you kind of a lot of time going just through regular internet uh, searches. And again, this one's called uh, AILawyer.pro. Uh, another one that was kind of uh, fun, Chef GPT. Again, Chef GPT. This is uh, AI-powered uh, recipes, kind of nice, uh, you know. They, their, their tagline is never worry about what's for dinner uh, again. Uh, but they've got all sorts of kind of uh, different components to it. Like they've got a pantry chef. Uh, you can basically use that to input uh, the ingredients you have in your uh, in your pantry. And it will help uh, come up with uh, some cool recipes using what you've already got. Uh, they've also got kind of the master chef uh, that uh, can help you find uh, the perfect recipe uh, in that as well. Uh, this one was kind of cool. Meal plan chef. If uh, you're looking for uh, an easy way to create uh, the ultimate meal plan, as uh, as they say, you can basically uh, use uh, this to uh, just uh, input a, a few things, and it could do a meal plan for fitness goals, dietary requirements, uh, you know, for the day, week, uh, or even a month. So, you know, for example, if you're diabetic, you could tell it that. And uh, it would basically come up with that meal plan. So, you know, obviously saves you a lot of, uh, a lot of time. Again, those were some of the, uh, the AI tools uh, other than ChatGPT uh, that I, I thought were kind of uh, cool. That's all the time we have left for the program. I want to thank uh, everyone that helps put the, the show together. Don't forget to uh, check out our sister show, Get Connected, here on the Chorus Radio Network as well. Go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com to find out more. We'll see you again next time.